Good evening, everyone. Let's get started. I'm just going to do this deliberately now. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Good night. Good evening. Good night. See, I'm already... That's it. That's it. We're not done We're done. Yet. We're done. <laughs> it's Thursday night and we're all crossed out. Hey, Jen. Hey, no. How you doing? <laughs> so I'm being silly. I'm uh, pressing pressing buttons and all at the wrong time. Yeah, I was giving Noam shit about how last week, I, because obviously when we're on call-in, this is not quite as smooth as our normal podcast, and so obviously you have to do, like, things in real time, and so when we do the intro and outro music, it's literally like Noam playing it on his computer, and he has to, like, literally, physically, like, manually fade it in and out, and just <laughs> fucked it up last week horribly. Yes. My finger slipped, and I went, like, womp. <laughs> Straight to zero. <laughs> it's very unvarnished. This uh, this version of uh, of us talking. Uh, so yeah, we uh, we're doing Thursday today because we did uh, the pod on. We only released the pod yesterday, uh, which is an interesting opportunity to do like a quick follow up. It would have been even weirder to do both in the same. Day. It would be like a double header, right? You have to bring in like a. <laughs> I have to bring in like a relief, a reliever. <laughs> I have to bring in like a relief pitcher because we can't do like 18 innings in a row. Yeah, it's the Le Mans 24-hour challenge or whatever. Uh, so yeah, you know, we had our like uh, topics all lined up for the thing. We were going to talk about She-Hulk or we were going to talk about student debt. Uh, but now there's like a big, there like a big thing happened, and I guess that's the whole. Isn't that the whole point of this? Where like if a big thing happens, we could talk about it immediately. Yeah, a big thing happened, and another big thing happened, and just another way to kind of let people in on how the sausage is made here. Like usually, we try to the morning of we we sit down, we brainstorm, and then we like set up the room, and then we tweet it out. And we experimented with doing it a little differently a couple different weeks, and it just, like, the, the call-in algorithm didn't like it or something. I'm not entirely sure. But, yeah, this is always a thing where, like, we, we try to, like, set the topics ahead of time, but then shit happens, and then you just kind of have to go with it and change the description and just kind of change up what you were going to talk about. So here we are. Yes, here we are. Talking about Ben Shapiro. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to... Because there isn't much to say about this story specifically. But by this story, I mean... <coughs> excuse me. The, uh, the podcast movement, which is a podcasting convention, I gather, uh, that had at least one very high-profile podcast at it that I noticed 
another never meet your heroes or read their tweets, whatever. Not my personal hero, but the host of the Lore podcast, very famous, long-running podcast, um, was like buying into this nuttiness, uh, which is unfortunate. But uh, uh, yeah, um, apology did a whole apology thread. They had a Daily Wire booth there because podcasting. And I guess Ben stopped by there briefly. Even they described it as a stopped by briefly. I think took a couple of pictures and was seen by some people who got very upset. And so then they did this whole apology thread that was, I, I mean, one of the worst. You keep the thinking. Worst. You keep thinking. Like, people thought where, it was satire. Like, where's the bottom? Where's the bottom? Right, it's like one of those weird, like, uh, like a Junji Ito. Oh no, I'm sorry. See, Neil isn't here, so I was going to get my brilliant Junji Ito reference. But it's like a weird short horror short story about a bottomless pit, and you're always like, when are we ever gonna? It's like House of Leaves, you know. It's something that goes on forever and ever, and you're just like, I don't. Where? where how much deeper can we go with this? And yeah, like. Just ever plumbing, ever new depths of like humiliation and cringe by just saying stuff like, oh, the harm that this caused. And, and though it was, a, they're trying to excuse the fact that like, you know, they, you know, they took money from Daily Wire to do a booth there. And they were like, we should have a, a visit, a, you know, a small of a possibility should have still have been something we considered. It was like, what? Well, he's their like biggest podcast. He's the editor-in-chief of Daily Wire. He's the co-founder, and he is by far the marquee podcast for Daily Wire. I mean, it, it, they're like, well, Daily Wire, is they're very big in the podcast space. And like, no, no, no. Ben Shapiro is big in the podcast space. There's Ben Shapiro's podcast, and then I, I guess Daily Wire puts out other podcasts. I don't fucking know who they are. Because yeah, I mean, they Ben do, Shapiro. Yes. No, they do. They do get listenership. It's obviously smaller, but and a lot of it is um, is uh, spillover. Is like Ben, but he's obviously yeah, he's their big get. I'm trying to see. I don't think I will. I do not think I will be able to find what okay. the cost is for a booth because that's what I'm trying to see. Because because like I said, they said like oh, the chance that he'll show up is like minuscule. But like if they paid, I don't know, fifteen thousand dollars for a booth or whatever, like how would he not show up? It's like an investment. It's like a it's like a thing that their place yeah. you know like put some money into. And it's not even like he's just simply a talent that works for Daily Wire. It's his company. But while you're looking that up, let me explain to people because. If you didn't catch this kind of in real time, it's going to be very hard to go back and find this thread because it, it was originally it was a thread. It was completely public. And then people started latching onto it. And then they they shut down replies. And then they took the whole account private. So basically, it was like if memory serves, I mean, we're talking like six or seven tweets apologizing for Ben Shapiro showing up at this event uninvited i mean I, I they said he didn't have a badge which means he wasn't officially like like an invitee like if you if you've never been to like a political conference or any kind of conference like that like when you're an official invitee you have like a badge you have credentials all that good stuff so apparently he was just there in like a visitor capacity and so he showed up and he was just there like i don't 
I don't even think he was technically working the booth. He was just physically present in the booth hall. Yeah. Here I can read I can read to you the uh, I can read to you the uh, the tweet thread. Uh, there's four. It looks like it was five tweets, but one of them is now deleted. Uh, and it, it goes a, a little something like this. <laughs> Hi, folks. We owe you an apology before sessions kick off for the day. Yesterday afternoon, Ben Shapiro briefly visited the PM22 Expo area near the Daily Wire booth. Though he was not registered or expected, we take full responsibility for the harm done by his presence. There's no way around it. We agreed to sell the Daily Wire a first-time booth based on the company's large presence in podcasting. The weight of that decision is now painfully clear. Shapiro is a co-founder. A drop-in, however unlikely, should have been considered a possibility. Okay? Uh, now the, yeah, this, now the next tweet on. is deleted. Right. The next tweet is deleted. So I don't know what it was. But after that comes... Those of you who called this unacceptable are right. In nine wonderful years growing and celebrating this medium, PM has made mistakes. The pain caused by this one will always stick with us. We <laughs> promise that sponsors will be more carefully considered moving forward. Just to clarify, no TDW, the Daily Wire representatives, were scheduled to appear on panels and Shapiro remained in the common space and did not have a badge. If you have questions, we're here to talk. Thank you for reading, and we hope you'll continue to join us from here on out. Yeah, so, like, I, I, again, kind of, like, explain. He wasn't an official participant. He was literally a visitor the same way, like, you or I could go visit this conference because it's a public fucking conference and you can go. So, and, and again, like I said, it's, it's a little bizarre to think that the co-founder slash like marquee talent of the Daily Wire's podcast lineup wouldn't show up at an event about the Daily Wire's podcast. But the, the, the whole thing is, this, this is so funny because it's like, okay, just, I, I don't want to be me, but I want to say it. If you've ever seen Ben Shapiro in person, this is not a frightening human being. <laughs> I, I think, like, he might have, I don't know, an inch on me, and I'm only 5'5". Five, five. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm taller than him in heels. <laughs> and he's like, this is, not, this, this is not a large human being. But, like, the idea that his presence caused the harm, it was so, just his presence. And I'm like, how do I level up to this this status where I get to just, like, by mere presence in a room. Yeah, it's see, but I think I think that's bull, I think that's all bullshit. That's the thing. Like I think oh, it's bullshit. bullshit. And that's and that's the other part of this is the whole reason that this Twitter thread came to be is because like four people had a problem with it on Twitter. And so it turned into this whole fucking thing and like it, before they locked down comments and then actually locked down the entire account, most of the replies were just like roasting them for this Twitter thread because it was bad. Like, no, y'all, it was bad. Like, I really, the, my first, my first temptation when I quote tweeted the first tweet in the thread was to ask, 
did the person who tweeted this, did they literally get that on all fours before they made this tweet thread? Yeah. And like the, and like the, the, the extraness of it, like, Oh, we just want to make you to make sure none of them spoke on any panels. He was only in the common area. By the way, I'm looking at the costs. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're wildly different. We would have to know like, because they have like platinums, platinum packages, gold packages, with yeah. booths, whatever. I don't know if it was like a single booth, a double booth, a triple booth, but it's in the thousands of dollars, right? And if it's a large, if it's a large booth, it's in the ten, you know, in the tens of thousands. So I again, I don't know how big they were, but like then they have there's kiosks, but none of these things are under you know several thousand dollars. And I know that Daily Wire has lots of money, like in the they have like exactly. I think like a hundred hundred million dollars in profit, I'm but sure still, they, yeah, I'm sure they maxed out. But still, po- look, podcasting is a central aspect to Daily Wire's business model now. They're trying to diversify into razor blades and movies and all that stuff. But I'm saying like podcasting is there. No, I mean, whatever. We can talk about the... <laughs> oh, I know. Like, yeah. not being facetious. They literally are. It's just funny. Because... Yeah, no, I know. I mean, yeah, it, on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, like Amazon, right? It used <laughs> to be a bookstore. And now you can buy like condoms and a fucking ATV a- <laughs> and a kiddie pool, you know? And, and you also, get a drone, yeah. some notebooks. Well, and like cereal. Like you can go on Amazon and like in one shipment have like a yacht and an apple. You know what I mean? Like, it's like that's that's how weird Amazon is. And so I, why shouldn't Daily Wire sell razors and, you know, other other things that aren't? But podcasting is like their main thing. They're going to like a, a large trade uh, show that they, you know, asked to be a part of and they, you know, agreed. And I believe they're on the they're on the list of the like, you know, in the, the big promotional images for the thing. Like there is a like a Daily Wire logo. Which, which makes me believe that they did max out because in order to get that kind of prominent placement when you have a booth at a conference, you basically you, you have to max out your contribution. Oh, that's an interesting point. Okay, hold on. It, it definitely wasn't platinum because that's like there's one platinum, which is like the largest, largest one, right? Branding, branding, branding. Because like bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. Bronze is $10,000. Silver is twenty, gold is forty, and platinum is eighty. Right. And so probably you're right that if their branding is on all of the material, they're probably one of these tiers. And so, yeah, they probably spent at least 10 grand. I would love to see Do they have like a picture of like the poster that has all their, are they like deleting everything now in, in utter panic? There was one picture of Ben there and it had, I believe it had the daily wire booth in the background. And, right. And I didn't take note of the size of the booth. And I, I should have, because I, that, I, I, if you've never like been in this kind of space and you've never really been in like the convention world, like this is how things work. Like you do pay for space, you pay for prominence, you pay for branding. And so you can tell how much somebody spent by like where their branding is located in like the official program. And oh, how here we go. Yes. Okay, it says presenting sponsors, Daily Wire, event sponsors, but like what are they? They're they're at the same tier as like Libsyn, Podbean. Uh, okay, so they spent money. Yeah, because you got like, I see, wait, it says presenting sponsors. Why doesn't it here? Because here it says like gold and silver. Oh, wait, if Libsyn is silver, then that means Daily Wire is also silver. So that means they paid uh, 20 grand for their booth. Okay, I mean, that's okay. still... 
That's a little, de- a little detective work. Yeah, what yeah. Mean, all it, yes, this is just a long-winded way of saying, like, they spent 20 grand on a booth. Like, why wouldn't he show up? It's a really yeah. dumb thing to assume he wouldn't. And, yeah, they were fully happy to have that Daily Wire logo up there right next to the Libsyn logo and the Podbean logo and a couple of other companies that I don't recognize. I don't know, Glassbox. I'm sure a lot – I'm sure these things are, like, known in the podcast space. Yeah. Ads whiz. Um, yeah, anyway, that's the, as I was saying, like there, there, but the, that, that, gro- the extra groveling, the idea that like, no, 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 they weren't, they paid us. We, they weren't speakers. Don't chip the hit. We didn't we, all we did was take it. All we did was take their money. Um, and uh, was it worth the shit storm that they're facing now? If they just not said anything ever, I mean, they, they, they obviously will not cause that's not the world we live in. But it looked like it looks like it all went down to literally one person's thread that didn't even get that many shares. It was no. just one person was like, "What the fuck?" But yeah, like I said, the lore guy was like, his excuse was the dumbest thing ever. Look, I understand, I understand the idea of like uh, feeling unsafe in a certain space. Believe me, I'm fucking Israeli. You think I, there's no spaces I feel unsafe in? Uh, uh, carrying any kind of symbol of my I, like nationality or religion. Believe me, I have to audit how I like how I present myself in public a lot. Not as much as other people, obviously. I'm not trying to like downplay, you know, like the the, the struggles of someone who's like LGBTQ. But there there actually is a measurable difference between feeling unsafe and being unsafe. And uh, because the the lore guy was like, if LGBTQ plus people say that they feel unsafe, you got to throw everybody from the Daily Wire out there. And like the only thing I could think of was like that old cliche of like, yeah, if a LGBTQ person told you to jump off a bridge, would you do that too? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like nobody even knew this was a thing until they made this whole ass tweet thread apologizing for the thing. Like, literally, I would not have known that Ben Shapiro was at a a conference. Like, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't care. I, I don't concern myself with what Ben Shapiro does on a daily basis. It was just, it was the apology that made it a story. And it was just, it was so bad. Like, I'm sure if you go on Twitter, you'll see screenshots. Because I, I mean, at this point, I'm sure the tweet, like the whole thread's probably deleted at this point. Because they, again, they literally had to like lock down the account because people were giving them so much shit. They, re- it so they reopened it. I don't know what's going on there. They deleted a lot of other tweets that they tweeted later because people were replying to them because they shut off replies. Again, like I said, is it worth this? Is it worth having to go through this? And it was the tone of it. Like, I, I keep thinking, you know, because we were talking on the pod about rewriting bad She-Hulk lines. We can even get into that soon. But, like, I would, I think there's even a way. I don't think there's any morally justifiable way to say we're sorry that they were here to begin with. You have a screening process. And if you didn't, if you thought that you wanted to, like, exclude things that were politically controversial, that should have been in the pre-taking your money stage. Like, fuck you for taking their money and then, like, saying, like, well, you know, so I, this is uh, this was highly irregular. I, I said on Twitter that um, I was on this gaming podcast, uh, Sacred Symbols Plus, 
And we were talking about the uh, problem that uh, exists in like uh, the anime community and the gaming community about localizing Japanese games and manga and stuff. And how weird it is that like a company will say, yeah, we'll uh, we'll uh, license this Japanese comic that's highly transphobic. And that's fine so long as our localizers just like take all of the transphobic references out like within like what they call line item veto right <laughs> and so then it's fine it doesn't matter that it's highly transphobic in your mind and that the guy who created it is highly transphobic no it's fine that you make money of it so long as you like just kind of get some white out <laughs> and like white over the bad words and it's like the same thing here it's like you take your money and then they go like, well, when we took it, we didn't think he'd show up. We didn't think anybody would care. Yeah, it's like, it's the dumbest thing because people that are pissed off about this, like, I understand the world of kind of putting on conventions and how, yes, you do sell these sponsorships. I mean, it's not, it, it is kind of a dirty business, but I mean, it is what it is. But so, yeah, so like you sold this sponsorship to Daily Wire. And again, you didn't invite Ben Shapiro. He showed up the same yeah. way, like, at uh, least, just like anybody off the street could just fucking show up to something. Yeah, like, at on. least at least they have the decency to call it sponsors. Because like think tanks will call it like the chancellor's board or some shit yeah, like that. Like you be a regent. But... Yes, be a regent. You know, like I because I've seen a lot of those. And those events, like, they, they give them, like, the, the the shittiest euphemisms. At least here they're saying, like, yeah, you're sponsoring it. You're giving us money. We're putting your branding on it. It's literally a sponsorship, right? <laughs> and, like, all of us that, like, kind of exist in that sphere of, like, attending conventions and stuff, you know when you're looking at the program, it's like, oh, it's the, the, the governor's board. And it's like, yes, the yeah, go- bitch, <laughs> bitch, you paid for that spot. Exactly. Uh, JD says it's kind of like China editing its films for release in uh, Disney editing its films for release in China. Mm-hmm. Not really. The, the main difference is Disney, everybody knows Disney's a cynical corporation that just wants money. A lot of these people who like do the localizing are actually woke. In their mind, they feel like it's not a violation of their own morals to profit off of that stuff if they can, like, whitewash it. And that's weird to me. Just say, take your transphobic manga and go fuck yourself. Let somebody else do it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want my hands on it, you know, or something like that. It's it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's almost like, uh, imagine a, uh... oh, okay, <laughs> somebody hopped in chat. Um... Uh, so, um, I, like I said, the, it, we're, yeah, we're, I mean, we're, 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 uh, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're, we go in circles with this stuff, but, um, but I don't know what'll happen. I mean, nothing will happen because who gives a shit? It's like a, it's like a, a thing. But I said, uh, yeah. I said a troll cause what, cause Daily Wire, they're a bear that you kind of don't want to poke because, yeah, they did. I do think they did, like, damage to Harry's Razor's business because of that bullshit they got into with them. They're not a bear you want to poke. I thought of uh, – because I was talking about the devil in the White City and how it tells the story of uh, 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 Buffalo Bill who wanted to rent, to get space in the Chicago World's Fair 1896 and they said no. And so he was like, okay, fuck you. And he rented, like, the, the lot across the street, put his whole show there. 
sold tickets to like the foot traffic that was going to the World's Fair and they didn't see any of that. They would have made tons of money because like it was the fair was there for a year. We're not talking about like a a week, right? It was like an entire year. It was the first time like many Americans left their hometown was to go to the Chicago World's Fair. And so like, and so they're going to, next time they, they do like a podcast convention, Daily Wire is just going to like hire the, ho- the, the, like the ballroom next door <laughs> and do the Daily Wire convention. You're going to, I'm it's, telling yeah, you, I'm telling you, they're going to do, do their own pod. Somebody clip this. They're going to do their own podcast convention. They're going to definitely, and like bring, you know, bring, uh, us <laughs> look forward to ambitious crossover attempt at the Daily Wire pod, podcast like, convention. On, yeah, I, exactly, son. <laughs> I never ask you for anything, son, but I'm asking you for this. <laughs> you come to me on on the day of my podcast convention to ask me a favor. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the pod father. <laughs> There's a lot of buffers. My uh, iTunes is buffering. <laughs> but no joke. I mean, it would be a brilliant business decision because, I mean, they do have a stable of talent air quotes at Daily Wire. I mean, Ben is the marquee, but I mean, they could put on some kind of... Oh, but it's not just for the four of them. Think about it. They'll get like your Steven Crowders and your Tim Pools and your... There's a lot of like the... And and it can go beyond that because you got all the Ricochet podcasts, you got the Commentary podcast and the Remnant. I don't know like how much... There's maybe not as much uh, crossover there, but the right wing, it, you know, the the right wing ish space, podcasting space, is pretty big. And they, I, I'm I'm telling you, like, clip this. You're gonna see a Daily Wire podcast convention next year, next August. Somebody tweet this. Where's JD? JD, tweet this, and I'll share. It. Prediction <laughs> from August 25th <laughs> that by next year. We're gonna have a daily wire, uh, do uh, and like uh, and like uh, like at me and at them. Yeah, you like the you like the dispatch better than the daily wire. I think they're closer. I think the dispatch, in a way, is closer to to, to my uh, opinions than daily wire. Uh, I think they've kind of moved rightward and and uh, in in recent years. But again, that's part of the the sort if- of the. If commentary gets invited, we're going to have to do some leaning. We got to lean against some people. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. No, no, I know. I mean, I don't I don't think I have. Uh, but like Barry Weiss would probably be there with her podcast. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there is there's definitely there are definitely kind of like big names that you could kind of cobble together that would probably get people buying tickets. Um, but um, uh, and so, yeah, like. I'm trying to think about the math because it's the same as what happened with TwitchCon. Again, Neil isn't here, unfortunately, tonight. But like when TwitchCon said we're, you know, in accordance with like CDC guidelines and stuff, we're not going to require masking. They got a fucking shit ton of of of, uh, of grief. Again, a shit ton ish because how do you measure the authenticity of the, the, the shit they got? 
How many of those people were going to TwitchCon or not going to TwitchCon or American or don't know shit about COVID or don't or are just or, or don't care about Twitch or gaming and are just jumping in on a COVID thing? Like, how do you measure the Austin? Authenticity? Oh, J.D., just tweet my prediction that the Daily Wire will be having a podcast convention next year. And you can like at them and me, you know, I just want to retweet that because I just want to. I just want to make it clear that I was the first. I'll, I'll send it to Jeremy Boring and be like, um, <laughs> just uh, just remember who put this idea in your head, man. <laughs> Can we get a seat on the governor's board? Yes. Right, so. <laughs> Are they gonna? I'm trying to think of what that like what their what their uh, their interesting tier names are going to be. Um, is like, there anything... you know, we, we don't have like 50 grand, but this was our idea. So can we get in on this? Exactly. Is there anything else we want to say about this? Or do we want to maybe move on to like She-Hulk? I said we, uh, so we do need to move on because I am looking at the clock and it, we, we're going to fit everything in. We need to move on. Yeah, although we could we could uh, shelve uh, student loans for, for Sunday uh, if we want to. Um, but let's let's go with it. I don't know. Uh, She-Hulk, episode two of She-Hulk. There's going to be some spoilers here, I guess, but if you care or don't care, but like, there isn't, what is spoilers really? I mean, except for the spoilers we did on the pod, which I warned a certain somebody to not listen to, and she did, and then... I'm sorry, I thought everybody knew. Anyway, I ruined Iron Man. Inadvertent inadvertent, uh, MCU spoiler. Which you know, because uh, whatever, I, that's it's my it, it's my fault for introducing total normies to the MCU, and then like telling them to listen to my podcast where I talk about the MCU of now. It's actually, if you think about it, it's actually my fault. Um, but um, um, okay, inter- so she Hulk. Yeah, interesting episode for a couple of reasons. Uh, I will I will uh, lead off by saying that I I I, I think that. One or some of the people in the writer's room I would probably hate <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, but so because like, you know, like there's their cringy lines are peppered throughout. Right. It, I, I actually found this episode, episode two, less cringe than episode one. But I will say that. I feel like I've been very vindicated in the predictions I made on Ambitious Crossover Attempt when we were talking about the first episode, in that, first off, it's, it is a situation where basically Jen Walters now is She-Hulk, and she's expected to be like She-Hulk in person, not just like, you know, at the bar, but also, I not spoiler at alert, work. but she's expected to be She-Hulk in person. Yes. Can you wear your like Hulk to work today? <laughs> Can you please? <laughs> but so, yeah, so, yeah, it's a situation where, I mean, obviously everybody knows who she is. And so when she goes out in public, it's like a big deal because it's like, oh, look, it's the She-Hulk. Even when she's not like in She-Hulk form, everybody like knows who it is. And it's kind of leading up to something like, I, I don't... I kind of don't want to do spoilers on this episode because this is setting up something that I predicted again on Ambitious Crossover Attempt that this show is going to be like the lead into whatever comes next in the MCU movie wise because it's setting up 
a lot of stuff. And so basically like, I, I, I know I just said, I don't want to do spoilers, but Sorry, I me I'm muted. Yeah. yeah, you can unmute yes. yourself. You can say yeah. You can also say it's fine. Again, unvarnished. You could say unmute yourself, idiot. <laughs> um, well, I don't want people to hear me when that happens. Yes, uh, it's it has a, a few interesting kind of conne- MCU connection things in this episode that we don't have to discuss specifically, but just say that it it potentially. The setup for like really big shit, like down the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the where, because in the same way that like WandaVision ended up being like a pretty big catalyst for like a big, you know, like a movie that and uh, and yeah, a whole like multi- multiverse thing, whatever. Same, same kind of thing. Um, uh, but um, the thing, I'll tell you what the, the thing that I liked was the return to... I like the return of Tim Roth. Because for I love Tim Roth, right? He's awesome. Yeah. And uh, it, it's an amazing... Because a lot of the MCU in its recent years, they're a lot about, like, doing make goods. There's a lot of make good uh, going on. You know, like Spider-Man No Way Home, whole lot of make good in that. You know, like, give a second chance to things that didn't quite work out. Give new life to things that didn't quite work out. And I think that Hulk, you know, like the movie The Incredible Hulk, which is kind of like memory hold from the MCU, is getting a little bit of a like a make good. They even had a joke where he said uh, he said something like, oh, I was an entirely different person back then. <laughs> I, la- I laughed so hard when he said that because they, yeah. they do they do that same joke in, in Iron Man, too, when it, it switches to being Don Cheadle from uh, Terrence Howard, where he goes like, mm-hmm. I didn't expect you here. And Don Cheadle goes, yeah, well, it's me. I'm here. Get let's get over it or something like that. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So that was I, funny. I, Okay, I thought about a way to talk about this episode without doing the spoilers because there were there's two two things that would be like massive spoilers and it like I said it's it's Thursday this show just came out it's only been out 24 hours I don't want to spoil it for anybody but basically what happens is after the events of the first episode you know Jen turns into She Hulk in the courtroom woo yeah um, yeah she basically gets fired for that because. While she saved a bunch of people from death-ish, maybe, um, the, the trial was declared a mistrial because the jury was found to be like, okay, they can't be impartial because one of the lawyers is She-Hulk. And so she gets fired from her job. Yeah. Did that happen and to so- Harvey? Did that happen to Harvey Dent when he, when he like, uh, the, uh, you know, like he took apart the gun where the the witness tried to like shoot him, and the gun misfired, and Harvey like field stripped it in the middle of the court, and then the the, no, the judge was like, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because because they literally did that same joke in the first episode. Now that I think of it, because in that in that scene in the two face scene where Harvey. Because uh, in the whatever in the comics he gets acid thrown on his face, but in, in a in the courtroom in this though the guy pulls a gun, he takes the gun from him and he goes like, "Wait, well, maybe we shouldn't use a Chinese piece of crap next time because it jammed." Mm-hmm. And then everybody claps and the judge is like, "Well, we're gonna reconvene." And Harvey goes like, "Wait, I'm, I'm not finished questioning the witness." Yeah. And then there's applause in the courtroom and like like you said, he didn't 
not only did he not get fired, but like he got that Bruce Wayne like decided to give him a bunch of money for his campaign for a district attorney. Yeah, he didn't get fired for causing a mistrial, but like I was saying, that's like, a good tweet. Sexism. <laughs> Harvey Dent does that shit, and it's fine. Yeah, Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent influences the jury, and it's fine. And she exactly. loses her job. Exactly. And, but to go to, again, the foreshadowing that Bruce was giving in the first episode of that you can't really go back to your normal life, she's applying for jobs at other law firms, and basically everybody's telling her no because they're like, um, yeah, you're, we can't have you on our staff because you're She-Hulk, and that's just, yeah, we can't, we can't deal with that shit. So I love that, uh, I love that they I call mean, it a Hulk. I love that these they call it a I'm a Hulk. I'm, I'm a Hulk, Hulk too. I'm half Hulk on my mother's side. Well, I mean, you know? there's only there was only one, and now there's two, and so it got yes. I, it's like a race now. There, it's ha- it's yeah, it's it's with an X, Hulks. And we're and we don't wanna, yes, Hulks. Hulks. <laughs> no, no, no. It's gender neutral. Yeah. It's like folks with an X. You know that one, <laughs> folks with an X. Would she be well, well? Then would she be like the Hulks? Because she can't say she. Hulke, Hulke. The oh yes, the Hulk, the Hulkette. The <laughs> well, her and pronouns whole, are like, she Hulk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a whole joke in there about in the show about how like oh my god, this is like is it going to be my name? And, yeah. And so far as like superheroes never really get to pick their names. It's just kind of like a thing that's bestowed upon you, and she's basically getting She-Hulk. Yeah. And, she said, I can't even... I'm a der- <laughs> I love that he said something like, it's a derivative of... of uh, it's a derivative of... Uh, of... Um, uh, like, of Hulk. Yeah, and even like her paralegal friends, like, you know Hulk's a dumb name, too, right? It's like, yeah, it kind of is a dumb name. But... So anyway, so she is unemployed and unemployable until big defense law firm that she would have beaten in court had it not been declared a mistrial shows up at the bar. You know how he knew she was at the bar? Who the fuck knows? But shows up at the bar to offer her a job. And so she like and this is to me, this is like a massive plot hole. Because if you are a lawyer, especially if you were somebody that was working in a public defender's office and like big name, like part of the actual masthead lawyer for big defense private law firm shows up and asks you a job, you don't ask any questions about what the job's going to be like, um, you already know you're going into defense law, so you should probably know that it's going to be a little different than working in the PD's office. But anyway, she eventually finds out that, like, okay, he's hired her on because uh, uh, she thinks she's a good lawyer. Not really. Um, basically, they he they slash he want her as like the masthead, like the spokesperson for this new section of the firm that they're developing, which is superhero law, which you can figure out if this is, if this is a like private defense lawyer firm, you know, you're going to be 
probably expected to do defense for superheroes that are currently imprisoned and perhaps looking to get out on parole. I, I don't somehow, want, I, yeah. like, I don't want to spoil it to say like who she's expected to defend and what well, no, happens that, afterwards. Oh no, I don't think I'd see that's the only part that's not a spoiler because it was like in all of the it was like in all of the marketing material. It's everything except that that we don't know. Like that's the one thing they showed everywhere again, which was like they, which was which was Blonsky. He also appeared in Shang Chi, so we know he's like back. That's somehow related to this, but I'm not sure exactly how. The thing that eluded me somehow, my brain didn't put two and two together, is that she's like going to be like the defense attorney of all the like villains, right? It's not, yeah, like I don't know, I. Uh, Unless she'll def- she'll defend like a good guy who is being sued because it reminds me of uh, you know the Incredibles. That's the in the beginning of the Incredibles, Mister Incredible saves some guy who's trying to like jump out of jump off a building, and in the process saves his life, but like injures him, and then he sues the government, and that's why they outlaw superheroes. That's why I I always had this theory that it's a a secretly conservative movie, uh, the the Incredibles. There's a whole theory about it, about how it's like subversively conservative uh, because of that, because of the idea that like somebody who like saved your life, you're going to sue them because they hurt you. Right. And so but and so I I feel like maybe, you know, a hero will say because there was the oh shit, you know what might happen in, in uh, Miss Marvel. There was like a thing where she saved the kid, but then he hurt he hurt his foot. You're kind of like cutting in and out. Am I cutting in and out? Oh, that's weird. I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything different. Not Am doing I still anything. cutting in and out? Yeah. Am I still cutting in and out? A little bit. Then you you then you you talk. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> I'll I'll keep talking then. So like obviously she's not unfamiliar with this law firm and she knows it's big law defense firm and it they they have a big tall tower for the law firm and this is obviously like a a big money law firm. And so like, she just accepts this job. It's like, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Like you already know what this firm is about. Cause again, like if you're a lawyer, you kind of know, like through reputation, through being in court with certain law firms and certain lawyers, like you kind of get the vibe of like what a law firm is about, like, like kind of like what kind of cases they take on and everything. So it's like, Okay, you just like took this job and didn't bother to think that like, okay, there might be, you might have some personal conflicts of interest, not as personal as this, but like, if you're used to being a public defender, and now all of a sudden you're having to do like defense, like it's a, it's a different world. But so anyway, she's expected to be She-Hulk in the courtroom and in public in her position as a lawyer for this law firm. So it's basically like they hired her to be She-Hulk. And of course she's like, oh, well this sucks. I'm like, oh, well maybe you should have like fucking thought about it before you took the job. Like, I don't know, dude. Well, that's sort of the silliness of it, right? Where he, cause the boss was like, uh, the the guy who was like offering her the job was like take a, a few uh, days to think of it. She was like, I'll take it, because <laughs> she was so desperate at that point. 
And then they're like, she, and she does call up Bruce and tells him like, okay, I'm thinking about taking this job, but it's going to involve me defending the guy that tried to kill you this one time. And Bruce is like, eh, it's cool. We're good. He, he wrote me a nice letter and a haiku. And now we're kind of <laughs> a very, friends. A very like, thoughtful haiku. A thoughtful haiku. And we still don't know exactly. Cause again, we, get into like the spoilers of like shang chi like we don't know the nature of never mind again it's too it's too soon after we can we can talk a yeah. little more in detail like we can spend like five minutes on uh on the pod uh on sunday uh talking because about it's it. like yeah because i mean there's a massive banner spoiler and i'm like i don't want to like spoil that for anybody but and also like i i guess it, I, like you said it's in the the trailers like what exactly happens as as far as like yeah who the gets out I, of jail and expect, so yeah the thing I really didn't expect was uh, for him to make a compelling argument like that's what I didn't expect for me to they have this their conversation at the end I was like holy shit he's actually kind of right <laughs> maybe he should get released <laughs> he, he kind of has the same to yeah. get out on parole yeah. and go live on a plot of land with his seven soulmates his that he seven. met. To Pentor and Owls. He just wants to get out of jail and go be a polygamist on a big old plot of land, which is fine, but that's not what Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not much more to say about that. I don't know. Do you really want to get into student loans now? We can talk about the first two episodes of, uh, of that show. <laughs> Jen watched the weirdest show, and she was like, "You have to watch this. It's a dating show about astrology. I need to like, I need to send. There's a YouTuber who like covers this shit. I have to send her this show. Like, okay, so just backstory. Since I guess we're gonna just skip over the student loan debt thing, which I wanted to do in the first place, but then there was nothing else to talk about anyway." Anyway, again, the nature of trying to set this stuff up before we record. So I I forget what I was even watching, but I got like this suggestion through Amazon Prime. Like I wasn't even watching something on Prime anyway, but it's a show called Cosmic Love. And so the idea is that and this is apparently a legit show, like a legit reality TV show, because I had so many questions after like the first episode of like this was parody or if this was real. So the premise is like there's four like, well, I mean, everybody's single, but there's four main characters and one's an earth sign, one's a water sign, one's a fire sign, one's an air sign. And so they get matched with each one of them has four matches based on their zodiac signs, like their astrological charts and stuff. And so the show progresses. And, but the first episode is just like, it's, it's literally Poe. Like I was literally sitting there like, I don't know if this is parody or not. Like it, it really, it was so like on the nose for like a reality dating show that I thought it was fake. So... <laughs> It's it's bizarre, and of course, like, it sort of makes sense that somebody would pursue doing, like, an astrology-based dating show, because I guess astrology is big again with 
the Zoomers. I'm like, uh, I, I've been through I like two cycles of this at this point in my life where like women be into astrology and stuff, which it. it <laughs> I, I saw somebody refer to it as space racism, and I'm totally fucking stealing it. Especially since, like, the longer you go on in this show, like, it's funny because it's like it starts with, like, okay, here's your, like, main sun sign. And then here's, like, your moon sign. And then here's your rising sign. And then here's your love sign. And it's like, Okay, so at what point in this show are we going to get to the idea that, like, everybody is an individual with their own unique set of, like, things going on in them and that you can't really predict who exactly somebody is going to fall in love with or be a good match with? Because they're getting, like, so granular about it that it's like, um, this is bizarre, but it's like everybody will... I mean, like, everybody's buying into it, obviously, because they're on the show, but some people are, like, a little more reserved about it than other people, and it's, like, it, it's it's hilarious. It's, it's funny, and I, I suggested it to you because we both love, like, trash reality dating shows, like, you introduced me to The Ultimatum, and you introduced me to Love is Blind, which yeah. are just absolute fucking like trash. Uber, yeah, like Uber trash. The best way to recognize, here's here's the way to recognize that you're watching a really trash reality show. If they call it a social experiment, you know you're like, <laughs> you're listening to bottom. Because Jen said to me, like, because Jen, you you said that to me, and yeah. then I watched it with someone, and we it was like, every time they said it, I yelled like, social experiment, drink, you know that? It's a special experiment. The host of the show is a cosmic sphere called the Astro Chamber that show that has like a video screen inside. They stand in like a smoky. It looks like a. It looks like something out of like a a seventies disco video. Yeah, they, like they walk through this like neon lit hallway into this room with like all kinds of like shit playing on the walls. And, and you're talking to this giant fucking orb. Yes, and then he says like, and then the the orb says this. This made me laugh so hard because the orb says something like, "Your match is waiting for you at the celestial sanctuary," and the celestial sanctuary is like three benches outside <laughs> with like a with like a little <laughs> astrology with like a little astrology. Yes, it's like just some gazebo, and it has a little astrology. What even is that thing? It's like a little statuette that it looks like uh, orbits of planets or something like that, like an astrolabe, but like not even nice looking. It's just some kind of prop. And that's the celestial sanctuary. <laughs> it looks like... Uh, it's the bench by the lake. <laughs> yeah, it looks like one of those like seating areas you'd see at like a park, right? Like meaning not like a not not wooden benches, but like uh, you know how you're like in a park and there's there's like a path that leads up to a little veranda kind of thing with like a couple of benches there. That's what it looked like, and so. It, yeah, you're weirdly breaking up again. Anyway, oh, no. I'll keep going. But yeah, it's like this, like, like almost like park-like area, and it's like it's the celestial area. Like, oh my god! But like, aside from that, it's just like it's a fucking dating show, and like, 
people are hooking up with people that they're not supposed to be hooking up with because it's not what they're there for. And other, yeah, quote, and, unquote, and, like, not supposed to. Other people are getting pissed to, yeah. off about it. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, like, quote, unquote. Because what the, the premise is, actually, someone, dis- someone actually figured it out and described it to me. It's like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, except that they pick their own contestants first and then pick one of them as their match. Because slowly they're whittling it down to one, you know, to where each of the four signs each has four matches. Oh, Oh, and I just remembered because this is apparently like a feature of social experiment dating shows now. (laughs) Is that at the end, you're supposed to get married. Oh, right. I forgot. For some yes, for some reason, they got to get married at the end of this. We haven't gotten to the end yet. I only watched a couple of episodes because just I had to because she because Jen went so nuts. I had I said, like, I, ha- I, I have to check this out. And it's funny, like there's such a glut of TV now that things just like get made like that and it just fade into the ether and nobody knows about it ever. I need to find out about it either from Jen or from like obscure YouTubers. Um like, I don't even understand how this isn't, like, a massive cultural phenomenon because of the astrology thing and how it's just – it's an absolute hot mess. Like, I don't even know how this isn't, like, a massive thing on Twitter. Yeah, you should go watch – the YouTuber Jenny Nicholson has a video about a, the worst reality show ever made, and it is amazing. It's a reality show about how um, the premise of it is, like, two teams – uh, like Survivor, but uh, it's like the future versus the past. So one team gets to live in like a nice futuristic house and the other has to live like cave people. And every and, and each week, like the team that loses the cha- the challenge has to live, go back to live like the cave people. But because the cave people are all cold and not sleeping and hungry, they keep losing every challenge and keep staying outside <laughs> and all of them get injured. It's fucking hilarious. Like I cannot <laughs> recommend it enough. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's Jenny Nick. Jenny Nicholson is her name. Yes. And uh, yeah, I've, seen yeah. Her, I've seen her channel before. And she's great. Again, don't read her tweets. Go straight to her YouTube channel. <laughs> There's a slew of those people where I'm like, I lo- and, and you know what? And credit to them that I can really enjoy. That means they don't drag that obnoxious crap into their like content. And which is why I also don't mind like promoting their shit all the time, even though like, like I said, their Twitter's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but it makes you wonder why they feel the need to have their Twitter be garbage. But, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Well, you know, it's, it's a, yeah, it's people. I mean, I, I complained about this recently about how I, uh, I've i been uh, trying to uh, watch videos by, like, lefty culture critics just because, just to, like, be exposed to more things. And it, I got really sad because a lot of them are so interesting and so smart until the second that they rub up against something that kind of challenges their worldview and then they immediately retreat to like the shit you see on Twitter. Oh, but those people are all, you know, they all want trans people to die and they're fucking whatever. Like just dismiss it with that and then go back to like extremely thoughtful, extremely uh, uh, interesting uh, uh, critiques of things. And I just, I get so sad when that happens. Yeah, it's, it is something that happens across all social media platforms where somebody like whenever you get challenged on something like you like kind of revert back to that whole like you want X to die thing. I mean, it's not just trans people like 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 you were pointing out, like there was a tweet going around 
saying that, oh, COVID deaths are spiking in young kids. And it's like, okay, you look at the actual reliable data. No, no, it's not. It's It's been pretty much flatlined for this whole time. And then people want to like, get at you like, you want kids to die. It's like, that's not what I said. I said that they're not dying. And it, everything's okay. And even like yeah, Lena, Lena Wen is getting shit now. Oh, Liana Wen, yes, she's now she's yeah. become like uh, the 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 COVIDian uh, enemy number one. There was like hundreds of doctors or epidemiologists, or something like that, signed some letter to like ban her from speaking at some event because she's a COVID minimizer. And the funny thing is, she didn't even grow. A com like a sense of like a like common sense. That's not what happened. She's a fucking weather vane. That's what happened. I think. I don't believe. I don't believe for a second that she had this like realization that she was wrong. I think that she at some point realized that she was promoting the wrong stuff, and so she kind of slipped into slowly kind of slid into yeah, like, like you never the other like position. apologize for your past positions you just kind of like slide into the new ones and the the thing that pissed everybody off is when she tweeted out it was part of a whole like tweet thread but she tweeted out that like oh young kids are having problems with speech because they've been masked this whole time and so they've had like speech learning issues and then everybody like jumped on her shit but again it's like the learning gap thing like it was something that everybody denied to the hilt until it was obvious that yes there is a fucking learning gap between kids who went to private schools that stayed open or opened earlier than public schools did and kids that went to public schools yes and throw on top of that the repeated admissions by fauci and others that a lot of the stuff they say has a social engineering mindset behind it. And so I see someone say, masks don't cause speech developmental issues. Masks don't cause speech development over and over like that with no sites to study. The immediate thing I think is they want kids to continue masking. And that's the reason they're saying this. They're not saying this because it's true and because they have good, strong evidence that it's true. They're saying this because they're afraid that if they don't, kids will stop masking. That's the problem. And, and and like I said, that used to be conspiratorial thinking until Fauci and Walensky and people said like, oh, no, that's how we operate because we need to think. And you know what? I fucking at least there at least there's some honesty in this. But then you got to understand that, like the public health profession is uh, is a kind of a rotten thing. It, it, sometimes you got to put up with it. Because society is big and crowded and complicated and you do and, and you know, like a serious pandemic that explodes in your society needs temporary social engineering. But like they 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 like lied to achieve it and they hid and they changed things and they whatever they, you know, like stealth edited CDC recommendations and all kinds of shit like that. And we're very finicky uh, based on stuff like public anger. And so, yeah, I don't like, just give me a study. Don't tell me, don't write a thing over and over in a tweet. Give me a link to a good study because I see people who say, yeah, there's no good evidence. It's true that there is no robust evidence about whether they do or don't, but there is robust evidence to show that kids who don't lip read at a young age have uh, trouble with developmental uh, speech issues and kids that do 
are better and bilingual kids start reading lips earlier. There's all kinds of studies on that. And so you can infer from that that the lack of that would cause problems, for example. And so you can't say definitively, no, we know that they don't. Like you're not honest if you say that. And I think maybe this is something we can put a pin in for Sunday because we're at a point now that, I mean, the whole kids masking thing was, oh, they have to mask because they can't get vaccinated. Like, well, now they can. So what? I don't even understand why we're still having this conversation. Like, if you're worried, go get your kid vaccinated. And like, I don't I don't understand why we're still having this conversation even. It's again, it's the it's it's the it's the controlling. It's the. It's the idea that um, you you need everybody else to also be doing the thing, and it's frustrating to you that they aren't. And then, and if they aren't, then you feel like anything that happens is their fault. It's this. It's a weird pathology. It'll take years. It'll take years. Social media really didn't help. Really, really didn't help with this stuff. Like people are going to be scarred for a long time when they actually like shouldn't be. Um, and on that really morose note, <laughs> I think we might, uh, I think we might uh, start to wrap things up. Uh, thank you uh, for listening to this uh, somewhat flustered episode, I guess. I've had the weirdest fucking day. I tweeted a little bit about it. Jen knows about the other stuff that's going on. Uh, nothing has been going right for me today. So uh, I, I hope I was somehow presentable during this mess. Uh, and so, and Jen, who was graceful and amazing as always, please, uh, <laughs> give us a plug, uh, so we can go to bed. Okay, so, obviously you're here, um, it's Thursday night right now, but normally this happens on Wednesday nights at 8.30. Obviously you can catch us live on the app, or you can catch it afterwards on the app. Our main podcast, Ambitious Crossover Attempt, usually comes out on Monday, but again, this has been a weird week. Came out late things happen, whatever. But you normally can find that on Mondays. Um, you can find us on all your podcast catchers on Google, Apple Play, Spotify, Amazon, Audible. Um, you can find us on Twitter at AMBXOver. You can find me on Twitter at that Jen Monroe and on Substack at jenmonroe.substack.com. Awesome. I'm Neon Taster on Twitter and also YouTube.com slash C slash Neon Taster and Twitch.tv slash Neon Taster. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I think that's a, just a, that's about it. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, like uh, Jen said, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Good night. Night all.